You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I am in South Wales, and I'm joined by Joe Wood and Kent. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zoe. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. You? I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah, having a good day. Um, today we're going to come on and talk to you about confident communication. We think it's really important for bookkeepers um, and we, we're joined by Alex Bonas Burnett today to talk about that. But before we get started, let me just tell you a little bit about where you can connect with us. So the best place to connect with us is in our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. And this week, uh, the 24th through to the 28th of August, we are running a five-day LinkedIn challenge in our group. So if you're not already a part of that group, come and join us. You can catch up. We've got some videos going out every day and some little tasks to help you just get a bit better at LinkedIn. And actually, um, Alex uh, is somebody that I probably first kind of met on LinkedIn, I would say. So uh, Alex, hi, really nice to have you here with us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> really nice to be here. Oh, it's nice to have you. Um, I've seen your videos on LinkedIn and uh, you run an accountancy practice. Maybe we should start with some intro. So Alex runs an accountancy practice called Blue Arrow Accounting and also is the founder of Speaking Ambition. You're a speaking coach, aren't you? Yes. Do you, yeah. do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into the accounting world and what you do? absolutely because it is a bit peculiar like what speaking coach and you have an account how does that that's not really something that happens um it's um so basically it all sounds really simple in the end um i i one of my first jobs uh come, going out of work was um i mean started as a pa and then went and then went into accounts because it just i was naturally good at that uh, and then I ended up working in industry. So um, I used to do like finance contracts and work in credit risk and um, do manage the European expense uh, programs at uh, G corporate and things like that. Um, but I come from a really creative family and they're all songwriters and journalists and things like that. So it was really odd that I was in this kind of corporate <laughs> kind of space. Um, and um, and I did have this love of knowing how people behave and why we do the things we do. I was really fascinated because creative arts are all about looking at human nature and why we do the things we do or speak the way we do or react the way we do. Um, and so I started, I went to drama school. So I, I really, I love singing. And for me, I was a really shy and quiet kid and I was literally I was the quintessential nerdy glasses librarian in the choir <laughs> kind of chubby little girl who um and uh and I was really into really naff things like I loved Agatha Christie and uh just all sorts of things in Shakespeare so singing and suddenly literally finding my voice was huge for me and and it, I'm, I felt I did feel like I had this kind of butterfly moment um where you know I came out of my shell and and although I was never ever going to be the most like the the popular person um I, I I felt more like me and uh so yeah I ended up going to drama school I trained um I actually ended up doing the theoretical side of how the relationship between audience and um, and what happens on 
in front of what we call the spect actor. So, uh, um, so what happens in that relationship when we're communicating? And that evolved and I, I ended up working as the head of education for a training company. And of course, then the time came, there was only as far as I could go. And um, I did that thing that I think a lot of us have done, which is, ah, shall I go freelance? Shall I hang up my PAYE and go it alone? And that was really nerve wracking. Um, and my husband had turned around to me and said, hey, and he's got two businesses. And he said, well, we've got someone who comes in and does the bookkeeping. Why, you know, you know how to do, you've managed budgets and you know about the tech. So in, uh, I think 2007, I was doing um, transferring expenses to an automated system. Um, so I was, I was right at the beginning of that kind of process. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I looked into it. I got myself on a on a course, and I got my AML, and we put five hundred pounds on a bank account. And now, now it's a chartered accountancy practice. Not through me. I'm not an accountant, but because I connected people together through that. Amazing. And then I guess through that, you've come across the sort of typical accountants. And I'll, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I wasn't cool enough to be a school librarian. Uh, <laughs> But um, I know where you're coming from and, that, you know, I'm naturally, believe it or not, an introvert and I actually uh, use up quite a lot of energy being, I don't know, a person like in in life. And I actually I quite like to go and sit quietly quite a lot, actually I kind of crave that. I definitely yeah. am an introvert. And the idea of um, communication and speaking, particularly when early in my career when I was quite nervous and didn't feel very confident. Def I was definitely never the kind of person who did drama at school. That was the kind of thing that can put me completely out of my comfort zone. Um, and and I probably chose accountancy because I was good at maths and I felt like anything like that where I'd have to be out of my comfort zone didn't need to be part of my remit. But then I remember in my first job being sent on a presentation skills course because they were like, you need to be able to come and like present to a room of people. And it just freaked me out. So I think we don't naturally think that communication is part of what we do, but it is, why is it, you know, why do you think it's so important for accountants and bookkeepers? To well, I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head, actually. I, I, I have this kind of personal mission, which is that um, I feel that uh, any sort of accountancy training has really let down um, accountants and bookkeepers and I and this isn't a new thing this is written about in 1996 about how universities especially were letting down accountants because of the lack of communication skills because it's not thought of as being important um, and the thing is it it's the essential underlying to what you do you can have all the technical skills in the world but unless you can communicate it and unless you can have a relationship and actually affect action for your clients then there's 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 no point it's like being the smartest person in the world and and never being being locked in a black room where you can't get that information out um and at the end of the day and this is something i say a lot behind every financial transaction is a human action so you have to understand how people work and how to get on with people and really connect to people to be effective yeah i 
I mean, I have found this, and this is one of the things that me and Zoe spoke about right at the beginning. I have noticed that the more I stepped out from behind my computer and stepped in front of my clients, the more my turnover, my profits increased. But I am, I'm a little bit different to you two in my background. I loved <laughs> being on stage. And I don't know if you can tell, but I love, I'm such a show off. And you know what, I've, and I was told as a child, you're such a show off, you're such a show off. So I then started hiding it. But now I've decided I am fully embracing it. And I'm going to, and this is, and this is like making, and I'd love to get better at it because I don't think I'm, like the presentation skills, I feel I'm fine face to face. I feel a lot better because I think you can read people's emotions. I find it a little bit harder over Zoom to kind of, get that connection but I'm very I've done a lot of things like with Tony Robbins and stuff and the NLP and like mirroring them and all this stuff and this has helped my business so much and this is why we're really passionate about helping the bookkeepers start coming out from behind their computers and talking but if someone is like yourself and Zoe and a little bit more shy um what what can they do as a first step to kind of because they could be like absolutely crippled with fear about talking to their clients and, and they might be thinking but hold on I chose this profession so I didn't have to speak to anybody you're now telling me I've got to talk to people so and, and I can I can just hear it from people that I've worked with in the past so what can they do is it like a first step to start that interaction oh that's such a great question because fear is I mean public speaking on the whole is um, is in the top five fears of the kind of Western world. So, and uh, there's this hilarious joke in the US because it was rated above death. And so they were saying that Jerry Seinfeld came up with this thing that, you know, you'd rather be in the coffin than speaking the eulogy at a funeral, basically. And, and that reason is because when we are public speaking, is we're so exposed, like everything about us, our personalities, our skills, our emotions, everything is out there laid bare for everyone to see and judge. And it's terrifying. And, um, and the first thing I think to know is to really know yourself. And like Zoe, you were just saying exactly like you recognize you get drained, um, like you have to put in a lot of energy, but you're so warm and you're so, you know, open and you can connect with you. Um, and and I get the same thing, which is like if I go to a conference and do and I and I put every, give everything my all. And then I, I literally, I feel like I need to be in a quiet room for a little bit. So um, I was like, don't talk to me. Okay. <laughs> I need to regroup. Um, and, and it is that feeling of knowing what you get out. So what does your personality say about you? The next step is then recognizing your fight or flight. And that's what that anxiety is. It's communication was the reason why we communicate as human beings is at, is just to establish our safety. Um, so it's caveman-esque, you know, are you going to club me around the head with something or are you going to be a, a friend and sit down with me around a campfire? It's that, that kind of thing. That's what our brains are looking out for. And when, and especially I think when we're introverted, but equally where every time you walk into a room, so imagine the old school networking, like walking into the room and suddenly it's like, oh, which clique do I go and join and say hi to? And that's why people stay in these little tribes around the room, because they're, they're literally huddling together, protecting each other. And uh, so it's, it's recognising your fear. 
And I would say, literally think about what happens to your body. Is your heart rate going up? Is your, uh, is your skin tingling? Is the adrenaline forming? Um, because once you recognize the processes your body is going under, then you can just take a moment, breathe in deeply, slow it down. I know it sounds cliche to say breathe, but that lowers the adrenaline and that's what your body's doing. That's what fear is and anxiety is. It's an adrenaline response to get all of the, the blood away from your brain, your extremities to protect your organs. So the more that you can breathe and tell your body first that it's safe, then that'll connect to your brain. And I always use, you know, because I get even though I say I'm a show off, I still get very nervous. And also after I've spoken, so if I have calls on Zoom, my VA now has started to limit them because I am literally drained, but not because I get nervous, but I give so much. And I think I just I give it all my energy and then I still feel really tired. But something I heard and I it really helps me whenever I'm nervous is doing the superwoman like stance. And I know you can't do it when you're in the middle of a networking meeting, but you can go to the loo and do it in the <laughs> And I don't know what it is. It must be some kind of connection, but it really lifts my spirits. And I can't actually feel in that state of fear and anxiety and be in that stance. So uh, you can do that behind your computer before you get on a Zoom call, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely, you can do it during. I mean, you can only really see my head and shoulders now. I yeah. can <laughs> <laughs> apparently standing up helps with that as well apparently like if you if you are nervous communicating with people on on the phone if you stand up it gives you more power so um if you um stand up to take those calls that can really help it's just a how you how your body is can help you with how you're actually feeling and your mindset it's amy yeah. cuddy isn't it amy cuddy did a ted talk and she was talking about power poses and how that shape of your body well it's also the best um so if you undergo any type of speaking training um you will be taught to stand to find your center first and foremost and the reason for that is not just because of uh the result is that you will feel wonderful and natural but actually the science behind it it's the science behind speaking is that when you're standing up you're actually allowing all of your speaking equipment to, to be in its correct position. Like right now, we're all sitting down and it's, you know, it's compressing our abdomen, our breathing, <laughs> standing up. And that's the thing, I actually have this. So <laughs> I was adjusting my, my laptop here and uh, everything. And I have this, uh, this is where I stand and speak. So this is an adjustable uh, stand um, because I have to teach this stuff uh, in terms of standing up, making sure you're completely center and um, this sounds like a weird thing to say, but if you do have, um, if you look at a young, uh, like toddlers and they toddle around and they have this beautiful way of walking, they're not pulling their stomachs in. They're not adjusting their posture or trying to look smart or cool. They are so at home and relaxed because in their natural stance and they're completely balanced as well, which is why they're great when they're skiing young, uh, because you'll see them throw themselves down a mountain. If you ever see kids skiing, they're just fearless. Um, but they have great centered bodies and it's fantastic for speaking in. So that's definitely one thing is find your center first, find that natural position that we're meant to speak in before we grew up and had all these bad postures come in. And that helps really free up your voice. 
Cool. Well, they're really good tips. Um, I, Joe and I both spoke at the ICB's conference last year, and I think we both we this was probably one of the first times we met properly, and uh, it was really interesting to compare notes on how nervous we were. <laughs> uh, I think we uh, that was really interesting. Um, but hopefully, probably for most bookkeepers who have joined the profession because they want to do the numbers and maybe don't want to do it, they don't really want to be communicating too much. They're probably not going to have to go on stage. That's okay to say that, um, unless you want to. Um, but video, you know, we all use social media a lot and, you know, we're recording a video now as we're recording the podcast. We know that video is a really good way to share what's going on in our businesses. It's a good marketing tool um, and it's probably the thing that gets most attention on social media right now. So I feel like it's an important part of any marketing strategy for anybody. Do you, do you think bookkeepers should be using it? Like what can bookkeepers do if they, you know, because it is, it's about communication, isn't it? You're not going to put yourself in front of the camera if you're not feeling confident speaking on so, the Yeah, I, I, gosh, yeah, you're so right. Especially now, hey, what would we have done without being on Zoom calls and things like that? Um, and I think the thing, so with video, the thing to remember is that a lot of people think I have to be a certain way and appear like this big personality and this uh, like set way of being, a, as you say, like a public speaker. And that's not what this is. Um, video is so versatile and it's so efficient for, especially when you're, you know, working, running your own business. Um, because you can be in so many places at once and you've got that face-to-face -face value. Um, yeah, marketing, brilliant. People, you, Zoe, you were just saying that you felt like you've met me before, uh, and yeah. but we've had a vague con like conversations, but because you've got that video that's going out there, and it's the first thing I'd say is though, using video is all about the information you're sharing and being useful for other people, and I think we can all agree, bookkeepers love just be making being helpful and helping other people so if you think about how the video um will help best and um and it's about being you you don't have to have this idea of being kind of this perfect video personality it's about meeting the person that they would meet face to face anyway and sharing the information it's just that with video it just needs to be slightly quicker slightly more to the point so that people will digest it easily and I think the best um I did uh, did a video course recently and they someone said um I realize I feel really uncomfortable like my preferred method of communication would be an email or writing it down but that's not how some of my clients like learn best so I am learning to use video because to teach them a process or how to fix something in their books or why something's happening or what a transaction is and doing like a loom video of it, they learn better from seeing it and showing them than they do from me writing it down in an email. So I'm doing it for them. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It doesn't, you don't have to go straight into video for marketing. If that's too much for you, um, it's a case of maybe you've got a team WhatsApp group or a team Facebook group, then maybe you go into there and do, or you, you do, Zoom as well is a great starting point because you're looking at yourself while you're recording that. So maybe 
do Zoom team meetings and start getting used to kind of commanding the Zoom room rather than, you know, and and do those trainings for your clients in video. I think that's a great kind of, you know, step by step, push yourself further because I definitely have noticed. So I was already using Zoom because I'm a virtual FD. So I was already using Zoom for all of my um, all of my meetings. And yeah, at the beginning, it was a bit scary, but then it just becomes normal. And that's the thing. It's it's like anything. If you've ever learned to drive a car, the first few days when you're in a car on your own, it feels really scary. But then after a while, you're doing whatever, singing, music on, and you forget how you've even got to work. So it's like anything. Practice makes perfect. But I think that was really good what you said. You don't need to change who you are just because you're on video. But I think people assume when they look at other people speak, they think, oh, I can't be like that. But people don't want that. People want you, don't they? I think it's a good lesson just in running your own business. I mean, how easy is it to look at someone else's Instagram account or Facebook account or LinkedIn and go, oh, they're killing it. I'm not. Or oh, they've got this and I don't. And it's this, it's the same thing. You can't judge yourself uh, by someone else's version of success or just what they put up online uh, because we don't share our failures online you know and and how long it would it like takes me to do a video I was awful at video at first I hate watching myself hate hearing myself speak that's why I used to do theatre a lot because you don't get to listen to yourself hated it had to get used to it. as you said do it again do it again and just be almost um you get to a point where you're being self-critical in a way that's very technical rather than going, oh my God, I hate my teeth, I hate my my eyebrows, my, oh, I do this with my hands, I hate that. Um, you get to be more like, right, okay, I gesture loads, that might be a bit distracting or actually I look really like I'm a bit terrified and I know you're tall and, or I don't give eye contact enough. And you just start to self assess a bit more and make yourself just a bit better each time the point being is the thing that stops people getting on video is this idea of perfection and being perfect and doing it and would you do that in a meeting would you go out and go I'm not going to have a meeting so I'm not going to say everything exactly perfectly and look perfect and sound perfect so you've got to approach it the same way that you would meet any of your clients just show them you because if you're anything other than authentic, it, it, you're not going to make those great business connections. Yeah. And one of the, um, with the video thing, I used to be saying, like, it would take me like a billion takes. To, I, re I recorded some um, YouTube videos for my bookkeeping practice in the early days because I was like, I feel like video is a really good idea. But I spent so long recording them, it just was a massive waste of time. Probably like one person watched them ever and I take them down now. So, um, but and then when I decided to start doing IGTV, I was like, well, I'm just going to do this in one take because if it doesn't, no one's like, it's going to get lost amongst a load of other stuff. No one's really going to be looking for it. And if I make a mistake, oh well, and move on because that, like you say, in person, that's what would happen. And I couldn't spend so much time, it was just a waste of time. So, but, but video is really powerful if you want to do that. And I think um, what you said about remembering, like being able to be helpful, uh, actually the point of the video is for you to be able to explain something to a client or explain something to somebody in your network. It's not for them to see that you're a good presenter. It's just to get that message across, isn't it? 
It is. You've got to be the Yoda to their uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker in a way. I say it's a kind of, it's what you call a mental mindset. If you go into it thinking you're the hero of the video and is in in a storytelling sense, like you're the person who's, uh, who's sharing a journey, you're there to help someone else on their journey. And, and if you focus more on that, I know that that really helps me get out of my head and my worries about what I'm doing. Um, just like I would if a client phone, you know, emails and go, I can't figure out how to do this on zero. What do I do? And I go, I know this person's really visual. So I'm just going to quickly pop on a, a video and I'll show them. And then that's it. And then they've got it there to watch again and again to go through it and learn it. And uh, and that just usually is the they, they're really they're always really appreciative of that. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't, you know, there's not anyone out there that doesn't love Netflix and YouTube and everything. Everyone likes to watch things. So, and even if they're more auditory, they will listen to you. So they, it kind of kills two birds with one stone as such. But so, and I know we've spoke a lot about video today. And because we're in, in still in like a strange situation where we're not maybe meeting people as much. But even if, um, you know, there might be some bookkeepers listening and think that they don't even have you know we said when you have your meetings with clients then maybe they don't have meetings I've I've been a bookkeeper in the past when I first started out that I would have no communication with the client I would leave that all to the accountant and that's when I was not earning very much money <laughs> so um, it had it did have to change but what three things can someone do today to start becoming a better communicator Oh, gosh, that's an open question, Joe. <laughs> Three things to become a better communicator. First of all, know yourself. So your personality, are you, do you recognize that you are, you get drained by a lot of communications, but notice when you're at your best, um, when you're, when, what, re, what conversations do you love having? What relationships do you love having? Um, because also, as you just said, the next step is actually being able to connect with lots of people regardless of if you like them <laughs> and um, that can be the case especially when there are lots of different stakeholders or uh, there is an FD you're working with or an accountant or the business owner or someone else so just um, the first thing is know yourself know what drives you what personality profile you are are you do you like to get straight to the point do you like to be, are you quite patient and accommodating and humble? Are you really enthusiastic and lively? Have a think about that, first of all, and really what drives you? How do you like to receive information? And then turn that around and say it to the, uh, about the person you're communicating with. How do they like to receive communication? So ask yourself that. And I think finally, just the final third one is to really think about how you present any information is it clear is it concise can you say it and then halve it <laughs> and say it again because that will make it really easy and digestible um, and just think about saying things in your kind of best self your best tone of voice so that everyone can really see the real you those are really good tips. I think, um, I think that when we can get really good at this, if we can have the conversations, this is when we can really add value for our clients because we aren't afraid to start having conversations about, by the way, I can help you more with this, or you know, I've learned such and such by looking at your PL today, or actually we might be able to help you with some extra services. But 
if we feel afraid to even start the conversations or that there are people in our networks or in those networking rooms that we're like, oh, they're not my kind of person, I don't know how to speak to them. But if we just know a bit more about who we are and who they might be and how they might like us to go and approach them, that's going to help us, isn't it? So. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's what drives people. And a lot of the time we see um, problems that come up with bookkeeping that actually don't serve the business very well at all. And that can often be from a misunderstanding or a clash of personalities or um, people not uh, communicating effectively. Um, and, and actually, I see that a lot because of the personality drivers. So someone who likes to just be quite abrupt and get to the point, and that can really be quite abrasive to someone who is quite, I don't want to say emotional, but, um, but, but high, like high kind of, you know, very emotionally astute and, um, and empathetic, and it can be quite like hurtful. Um, but if you understand that actually that's how that they share, it's not about me, it's about how that person is sharing information, then suddenly you can go, right, if I just throw some bullet points at them and a few statistics, they're going to really be getting what they need and then I can get what I need out of this. And I think this all starts at the beginning of the sales process and then, so, and I've I've been doing so many sales calls recently, which is amazing, but I've been really trying to learn and that's where I I'm best work best I love the sales I love the onboarding I then love talking to people I've realized that this is what I'm best at rather than actually the figures which I've been doing for 20 years but actually I'm I'm, I'm not as much of a details person as I thought I was and you need to be more like that and it's just things you know you evolve as a person and things change and it excites me more to have those conversations and Alex, what you said about finding out about how that person likes to be communicated to, I think how I do that, and I hadn't realised it until you said it, but I'm, when I start a sales call, I very much try and keep quiet. I ask questions, and that's how I then learn what they like. So sometimes people, you'll talk to them, and they love the sound of their own voice, and they want to tell you everything, and that's great. And I sit there, and mm -hmm, that's great. And I learn about, and I find that I learn so much about how how they are as a person, their personality. And other people, I'll ask them a question, they'll give me one word answer. I think, okay, so I'm going to be doing the talking here. But everybody's different, and then I find that I present my services in a different way. It's going to be the same thing but it's how I present it is going to be a little bit different. Sometimes people really need talking through hand-holding. It needs to be very soft and slow and explain that we can change things around if they want. They don't need as much of the service. There's other people, I'm like, this is what you need. Da, 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 da. And they're like, yeah, go for it. But, so you have to ask questions and then you have to actually listen to the responses and be quite uh, responsive yourself to how they are. Yeah, it's all about actions and, and reactions and just listening. And do you remember right, right at the beginning I was saying about what happens in that space between someone who's kind of like performing in the audience and it's what happens in that space between. Um, it, all communication is a two-way process and it's just actually how much we listen and adapt ourselves. And we have this whole toolkit of communication, our voice, our facial expressions, our eyes, and that adapts you, you actually adapt intuitively. Um, you don't 
we don't realize it other people affect us so you know how you suddenly react a different way to someone and you think why do I always feel really small or childlike with that person why is that I'm not that person uh, or you go that person makes me feel really empowered and I love speaking to that person um, and that's because other people um, it's called ego states to affect us and so the more that you can be aware and conscious of how you react in terms of different people and different personalities, that's going to be the strongest place to be. And I actually know uh, an accountancy firm they uh, work with and they put uh, personality profiles as part of their client notes as well. So they know how to best give them information. So this person, when you're speaking to this person, make sure you give them bullet point and the data straight away and that's it. And this person, have a chat, ask them about their weekend, ask them about, their, you know, how's it going at home, that kind of thing before you start. And it just makes you start off on the right foot. It's a really good idea. I remember one of my bosses, uh, a guy called Nick, really great boss, uh, if he's listening. Um, he uh, used to keep business cards of people and he told me that like his boss had told him to write notes about uh, people like so-and-so likes horses. <laughs> like It was just really helpful to have those things. They're little prompts, aren't they? And we've all got CRMs and ways of keeping records about our clients. So it's really easy to just add something in that says, you know, this is what's important to this person or this is how they work the best. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Great ideas. Um, well, thank you so much, Alex. I think you've uh, there's so much that we can learn from you. I wish we could talk all afternoon. Um, but where is the best place for people to connect with you and find out more about what you do? Uh, well, my website is uh, www.speakingambition.com or uh, I'm also on Facebook or on LinkedIn under either Speaking Ambition or Alexandra Bond Burnett. Um, so you can find me, find me in all those places. And uh, yes, there's there's all sorts of tools and resources on on my site to find out more about you and your skills if you if you want to go and ha check it out. Perfect, thank you. Um, we'll be back for another podcast. If you ha haven't connected with us already, come and join us in our group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. And if you uh, haven't got involved with the LinkedIn Challenge, it's running this week. Uh, it's running until the 28th of August, but we will leave the videos up. So if you are watching or listening in the future, you'll be able to go and do that all anyway. All the stuff is definitely there for you to watch. So thank you, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.